Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? Higher Learning is on. It is I, Van Lathan Jr. And it's me, Rachel and Lindsay. Do you have any lotion? Are you trying to be funny? No, I'm not. I'm because looking, I'm looking. ashy. No, look and at, I feel like you looked at my hands when no, you said that. No, it's my ankles. I didn't realize these socks wouldn't cover look my... Me. Yeah, see? But that's... We, why are we ashy today? I, I know exactly why I'm ashy. Because copper likes to lick my lotion. And so I'm like... I Jesus I, Christ, that sounds bad. Yeah, yeah. So Whoa. if I put lotion on my legs, he likes to lick it off. A lot of dogs do this. He didn't always do this. I don't know where it came from. Anyways, I don't want him to, so I don't put lotion on, and I say I'm going to do it when I leave the house, and then I end up like this. Why does that sound so nasty to me, lick my lotion? Well, it's, you're saying lick my lotion. Lick it's my really lotion. that he's licking the lotion off my legs. Lick my lotion. I don't know if that sounds any better. Something like, <laughs> but look, I'm ashy. You're ashy? What, what, what's going on with the... The uh, well, why you look like okay, you? Why you bundled up? It's cold, and I don't know why you're trying to act like it's not. This morning, it did was you bring 30 that? something? This is a coat. It's like my coat blanket. Uh-huh. I take it on airplanes. Right. It's my. I wore it today because it is that cold. I'm in Uggs. You feel like it's that cold in L.A.? Yeah. What What's the temperature? Let's look and see. What okay, we this morning when I left the house, it was in the 40s. Okay. It's not that now. Well, let me see what the temperature is because right now you look like you're on the frozen tundra of higher learning. Well, you know how you can be like chilled to the bone when it's that cold and I leave the house? I'm cold all day. But, you know, this is also something so... Oh, okay. So the high today was... The high... Oh, this is Santa Clara. Wait a minute. (laughs) Okay. The high today was 54. The low was 42. Okay, Okay. When I left, it was 42. So... Like oh okay the whole day we got a week we got a week of chilliness oh man tomorrow is what? a chiller a low of thirty nine tomorrow a chiller I took Bozeman to the dog park this morning no coat did I have a coat on yeah. I was wearing a um a hoodie oh my gosh I was wearing a hoodie said so, so Bozeman well he's a bigger dog my dogs don't do cold or wet and it was wet this morning as well right yeah no and Bozeman was fine. He was running around. He was doing his thing. Brownie literally was shivering in a corner. Bozeman was running around doing his thing, dogging it up. There's other dogs there. Shout out to, I met a new friend there, a gentleman by the name of Simon. He's an English football fan. What does Simon look like? Tall white guy. How tall? I'd say 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, oh, that's not the same Simon. So I met Simon. <laughs> I met another woman who we're all talking. And the woman goes, don't you just wish that you can transform into a dog right now and play with them? And just the way that it was said, it was just off-putting to the, like, we were having different conversations and she turned, she She talked about, huh? She turned to you specifically or the group? She turned to the group and was just talking about transforming into an animal and playing with the animals and it just kind of threw the energy off a little bit. She, you know what I mean? So you left. No, I didn't leave. I mean, I, I stayed there and let Bozeman play for a little while. Bozeman's very bad with the balls. Like, he'll just take all the balls and guard them. Aww. And then, like, they'll try, to get, they'll try to get the balls and be like, Argh. Really? But he won't let the rest of them play. He's got to be better about that type of thing. Aw, Bozeman. Speaking of animals. Yeah. I'm here right now. To advocate on behalf of P twenty two. Oh, I'm. I'm. We are not starting off with that. Come on, we, because 
<laughs> Donnie. Oh, Fine, you do that, and I'm going to speak on behalf of the fallen Chihuahuas. Okay, well, let's do that. Okay. Yep. So, if you guys aren't aware of what's happening right now, there's a possibility that we're going to see the end of a love affair between a city and mountain lion. P-22 is actively trying to be captured. Is actively... He's distressed. He's... The city of Los Angeles is looking to capture, should I say, P-22. They're saying that these attacks on dogs are because he's getting older and he's distressed. Maybe, you know, cognitively, it's not the same cat that he once was. It's like, I bring him in. This might take a couple of days. They say this might take a couple of weeks, might take a month to get P-22. I just want people to remember that this is Mount Lion that has given Los Angeles years and years and years of fun, has raised awareness about the plight of wild animals everywhere that have to live in urban habitats, has captured the spirit, the heart, and the soul of an entire group, of an entire city. Think about how LA has adopted P-22 and how P-22 has become a proud Angelino. Really seriously, man, like this cat means a lot to a lot of people. And I just hope that those who are on the lookout and who are looking for P-22 and who are going to probably have to bring P-22 to some more controlled habitat are aware just how much this cat has meant to the city. This cat in and of itself is such a big, big example of how we have to keep an eye on the habitats for wild animals and how we have to keep an eye on how we are encroaching into the lives of these, these gentle but very important beings to the ecosystem. And I hope that this is a learning moment for everyone out there who cares about L.A. Cougars. Thank you, Donnie. Thank you very much. Listen, if they have to put him down, it is sad. Like, to lose a life is sad, period. And I can even have sympathy for P-22. Now, I'm not as connected to him as you are because I've only been here for two years. I did look up his age. He's 11. He's past his prime. Most mountain lions live and have a normal lifespan of about 10 years Mm -hmm. unless they're in captivity, and then it can double. Right. So he is getting older. And with age, we have seen him murder viciously that we know of. Two chihuahuas, two dogs. Don't shake your head at that. It's not murder. He did. He intentionally took their lives. It's not murder, though. Like when you say murder, say that to the people who lost their their beloved pets. Very sad for them. I'm very sad for them. That they are members of the family. Murder is a human. You're transposing. Human stuff intent. onto animal. Your your intent murder. P twenty two is Mountain Lion. A, a great van. P twenty two is Mountain Lion. Murdered those Chihuahuas. He didn't murder anything. By the anything. way, one peace. Chihuahua didn't die. 
So only one chihuahua okay. died. Viciously attacked two, leading to the death no. of one of them. He hunted. Murder two. and attempted murder on he the chihuahuas. He's 22. I'm not trying to get in the... Go ahead. You Fine. He did talk. hunt them. Yeah. Fine. He, but this is, this is what I find interesting. You know, you always speak and advocate on behalf of Mountain Lion. It is within their nature mm-hmm. to to hunt, as yeah, you like hunt, to say. So why is it abnormal that he's hunting now and he wasn't in before? Because before there was number one, there wasn't a drought, so food was more plentiful, and he could hunt deer, rabbit, things of that nature. He wasn't hunting, he wasn't crossing over into the urban environments. That's what people are saying. So is it distress or is he just trying to live? Is he right? Either way, sure, it could be distress. It could be distress because of the drought, because of the things that are happening, right? Because of the fact that his habitat is being encroached into more. I love how, and I got to be real with you. This reminds me a lot of how things go. These animals were living here already. People come into their homes fuck it up, and then say that they were the problem. That's what people are always doing. Nothing is more indigenous than an animal. An animal been living there. I'm not comparing animals to people. I'm I'm not doing that. I'm just saying it's just so unfair now, right? It's unfair. I don't know how you live with yourself in regards to if you have that type of thinking, how do you go into your place, your dwelling, knowing that you took the, the home of some animal? How do you drive on these roads and freeways knowing that at one time this was home of animal, as you would say? Animal. <laughs> animal. Home of animal. You know what? I don't even know how you do that. doesn't make me feel good, but you know what does make me feel good? Just like... Because this is what people say, right? This is how people do. People like yourself. This is what they do, right? So if you tell people, hey, maybe consume a little bit less meat, good for the environment, they go, well, aren't aren't your shoes leather? This is what the show Yellowstone has become. Yellowstone has Don't tell me about season five. Yellowstone has become, (laughs) I love Yellowstone, it's become propaganda for the cattle industry. The show really has. Because it's like, they have a character on there played by Piper Parabo. You've seen her. Yeah, The environmentalist. She makes it to season five? Oh, she has to. Yeah, like the environmentalist. And then uh, Taylor Sheridan and the rest of these people are just changing America's minds about the cattle industry and the meat industry one quip at a time. She'll say something and then they'll say, hey, well, you know, when you're when you plow, you kill all the animals to get your quinoa, everything under there, that all dies and blah, 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 blah. They said that? Yeah. And I'm not saying it's not true. I'm just saying it's pointed directly at a specific group of people because Taylor Sheridan is a cowboy and he's trying to make people understand that you're a hypocrite too. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the fact that you can't be totally pure. I can't, I can't be totally pure. I live in society. Yeah, I see. I know what that was. I was nature making you cough. What I'm saying is you do the best you can and you don't kill P22 and you make they're sure. Not kill I know that they're not. But I want to make sure that we keep L.A. a place where Mountain Lion has a home. I'm serious about How many about other this. P's are, there, are out there? I don't know. Why is it P? Patient? Product? 
I don't know. I actually don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. Come on, advocate. Where, where, what's the P stand for, Donnie? Stands for pet. No, I'm just joking. Um, no, that's no. what he kills. Puma. Probably huh? Puma. You think it's Puma? Puma 22. Puma I so. 22? I want to make a documentary about P22. I do. But but seriously though, this is a this is a this is a big story about you know that there are there are all kinds of animals I read up on it. It's like they have lost their habitat. The animals that have lost up to thirty three percent of their habitat in the last twenty to twenty five years. It's sad. It is no, it's not sad. It's a crime against innate. You know what, Rachel? It is for Puma. It is. Mm-hmm. How do you like the fact that he's got an electric neck collar? Yeah, I keep an I eye on like him. I don't like that. Yeah, I keep an eye on him, you know? I got to know where he's going and stuff. You know, there are sort of things we have to do, but let's see what happens with Do you know there's a P22 day? Yeah. yeah I've seen that. SaveLACougars.com. Everybody go to SaveLACougars.com.org. All right, they're going to talk about P22. They're going to get you going. Looks like somebody beat you, too. What? The documentary. About P-22, let me see. America's most infamous mountain lion. It's like, that's not, I mean, I can do a, another documentary on P-22. I'm just saying. I do. The m- cat that changed America. Their books. P-22 is a big deal. I got a P-22 stuffed animal on the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you ask the guy who had his on the roof? Is that, is that who's P-22? By the way, <laughs> by the way, because I know it's love, everybody loves to kick me in my nuts about everything that happens. I just want to say again, the picture that the Weisenheimers on, I love animals. And the way that you know that I love animals is because I love the jackals on the Reddit. They're animals. So (laughs) it is a bunch of animals. Let me tell you something. The picture that they put on the Reddit is not the picture that Donnie (laughs) put into the chat. It's a different picture. It's a different picture. Just take the L. I'll take it. It's fucking fine. It's fine. Uh, we have an interview in the show today. We got Kelvin Davis. It's a plus-size male model coming on the show to talk about his blog, talk about what it means to be plus-size and a man. Going to get to him a little bit later. On the other side of this break, though, the big deal of the day, well, I didn't ask you how your weekend was. What did you do this weekend? You know, I had a chill weekend. You but did? Yeah, I, I, I did something exciting. Well, I okay. acted. You acted. Don't sound so disgusted. Wow. You know exactly what I meant when I said that. I was, I acted. In a show? I was in a show. I can't say which one. Is it on television? Yeah. It's like a big show? Mm Mm-hmm. Can we play a guessing game where I try to guess the show? I know. Well, you can, but Donnie's going to have to beep it out. You get three chances. I can't say because I'm not allowed to. What network? Well, that narrows it down. HBO Max. Oh, Okay. HBO Max, nigga, it's a million networks. That, Don't nigga me. That, 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 like, that <laughs> so it's on HBO Max. It's a drama. No, no, no. You guess now. You stop getting in the categories. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, I gotta <laughs> ask. What? Um, no. It's not a drama. No. Okay. What's the last question that I can ask? Is the star of the show black or white? This is come on. This is so easy. Rachel, do you know how to play these Donnie's games? Donnie's gonna guess. Donnie, do you know? Is it the rehearsal? No. The rehearsal? I've never even heard of that. Nigga, 
Do you think? Do you think that Rachel? <laughs> You're right. You're one right. second no, of no. the rehearsal. Dialogue. No, I don't like There's where this is going. No way that Rachel has I, seen that show before. I don't like where this what is you, going. What are you talking about? What kind about? of show is this? I don't right. like the way that, that you just threw that out you, there. Like, you know, is it a like, Marvel show? No, it's not a Marvel show, but it's it's too far out there for Rachel. <laughs> All right, uh, on the other side of this break, Donnie, respect yourself. On the other side of this break. Uh, we're going to get to the big deal of the day, and that is two friends having a conversation in San Francisco. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on Cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. You could be doing anything this week, right? You've got work, errands, friends, and a whole lot of fun in between. That's why the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV that's built for your life. With premium interiors, available wireless charging, and room for your whole cargo and crew. Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the all-new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Big deal of the day is Elon Musk and Dave Chappelle, pals. Uh, Chase Center. I saw I saw this because I was watching the Warriors game. Mm-hmm. Um, watching the Warriors game Saturday night. And you see, you know, the, the, checking out the Warriors game. And you see sitting sideline. Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle. I'm like, oh, they must be playing there oh. at the Chase Center because they got court lot, court side seats. They love basketball, <laughs> but yeah, they must be playing there, and, and they were. Dave Chappelle um, was playing the Chase Center, uh, which is up there, San Francisco. It's Chris Rock, and he decided that he would introduce the crowd to his good friend, the new CEO of Twitter, the also CEO of Tesla, SpaceX. Uh, Elon Musk, and there's video of this, but you don't really need the video. All you really need to understand the response of the crowd is the audio. Donnie, run that for us. Is what is is what went on? They booed Dave Chappelle. They booed Elon Musk. They booed Elon Musk. They, they booed Elon Musk. They didn't, boo, they, boo, they didn't boo Dave Chappelle. They booed Elon Musk. Um, there's a lot of discussion about this on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I woke up and I saw, I saw this, and there was a ton of people talking about the fact um, that this might point out to them, this might signal to them that Dave is a tad out of touch if he thought that Elon Musk would get any other response than booze in front of a stage huh. full of random people, particularly with those people um, existing in a liberal bastion uh, like Northern California. Yeah. 
I think Dave Chappelle knew exactly what he was doing. Interesting. I think that there's no way that Dave Chappelle knew. Because mind you, he introduced Elon at the end of his show. Yeah, the very end. The very end. There's no way that he didn't know that people would have a big response. And as, you know, with with the things that he's said on stage as of late and the response that he's gotten and, you know, a lot of people calling to, I mean, for lack of better words, cancel Dave Chappelle, he's he, Dave Chappelle is one that likes to antagonize his crowd, social media, the media, the public. And I think he knew people would boo Elon Musk. Mm. And I think he was entertained by it. And I think he set Elon up. I don't think Elon thought that. I think he thought he was going to come out and, you know, maybe tell a joke or maybe make people laugh or say something. Or, But, like, there's one point in it where Dave Chappelle says something like, he says, don't say anything. It'll only spoil the moment while they're booing. Mm-hmm. He told Elon not to say anything. Just, like, let the boos go. And I think he told jokes. Dave told jokes because that's what he does. And you know, towards the end, he joked about Mars and it was it was funny, some of the stuff that he was saying. But I think he did all of that on purpose. And I think he was part of a bit. I think Elon was not in on that joke. Interesting. So do you think that Dave Chappelle subjected Elon? Question. Do you think that Dave Chappelle subjected Elon Musk to the crowd? Mm -hmm. Or do you think that Dave Chappelle subjected the crowd to Elon Musk. Elon Musk to the crowd. Interesting. I really think the whole thing was a setup. To embarrass Elon Musk? I do. I don't hmm. know how close they are. But I'm sorry, Dave Chappelle is smarter than that and he's been on these stages and he knows how like a, a, a comedy show can go. There's no way he thought people would be excited about Elon. There's no way. Because Elon seems to be shocked that he thinks that all his hate comes from social media yeah. and that people in real life don't actually feel that way. Right. And to his surprise, they actually do. Right. And I think that's the way he thought. I'm not shocked that people were booing. Huh. I don't think that it takes a genius to think that there would be any other reaction. I don't think people would be cheering to see Elon Musk, especially in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So I think Dave Chappelle, it was it was a, it was a bit. It's just Elon wasn't on it. I think he knew exactly what was going to happen. So then in that case, you don't think that Dave Chappelle and Elon Musk are really friends? No. I think that he, if Elon was like, you want to come to the show? I think he was like, yeah, I want to come to the show. Dave Chappelle says they're friends. He said that. He said that on stage, right? Uh-huh. So, I mean, look, okay. Cause, <laughs> Do cause I look, think they're really good so, friends? So no. I think this is a fascinating sort of uh, way of looking at it because in a way, it absolves and i want to make sure that we it absolves keep this, dave it absolves dave Chappelle for a lot of what people are uh of should i say what a lot of people are thinking was a really out of touch i don't fu- he's too smart for that he was roasting elon on stage kind of like, was he you feel like he was roasting elon on like stage towards the end like i mean yeah he roasted the, the audience he roasted the audience when he said where the booze were coming from but that was the only thing towards that. I mean, for him to say, don't say anything, it'll spoil, like, this is civil unrest. Like, he's mm-hmm. making jokes. I thought he kept him on stage. That was a, it was really five minutes he was on stage, just I, subjected to booze. I, I thought, That's not what a friend does. I thought the civil unrest joke was, poor, Donnie, put the, run that part. 
Let's run particularly what Dave said about civil unrest. Let's like let's specifically g- get to that part and run it. No, yeah. You niggas can move if you want. This nigga gave me a jetpack last Christmas. <laughs> fly right past your house, nigga. Boo these nuts and go fly on my jetpack. That's how we like to chill. We do ball and shit. Dang, what should I say? Don't say nothing. Okay. It'll only spoil the moment. Do you hear that sound, Elon? That's the sound of pending civil unrest. I can't wait to see which story you decimate next, motherfucker. You, you shut the fuck up. I'm sorry. That joke? That right there, that's the sound of pending civil unrest. Which store you can desolate next? As if I'm not gonna, cl- I'm not gonna clutch pearls. Decimate, decimate. Um, I'm not gonna clutch pearls. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna clutch pearls. There's no pearl clutching involved. But as if people woke up one day and decided, let's manufacture something to be upset about, so we can go out there and fuck up a target. No. The reason why people did what they did the last time there was large-scale civil unrest in 2020 was the same reason why Dave Chappelle decided to make an entire comedy special yes, called 842 about something abhorrent and disgusting that he saw. The same emotion that Dave Chappelle used when he was on the stage was the same emotion that led people to destroy what essentially is capitalism and commerce. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, Rach, I think you might be giving Dave a little bit too much credit I, because, I mean, I'm not. I think I don't both have, are true. I don't have the I don't have the, 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 the claws out right now, but sure. this just seemed like a blind spot. And far be it from us to far be it from us to not come to terms with the fact that Chappelle has he's sort of. Showing us that he has some blind spots in these last couple of years, no? Yes, absolutely. But when I say both are true, I do think he brought him on stage to antagonize the crowd. He knew he was going to get a reaction. But I also think he was setting Elon Musk up. I do. In a way, but when you say setting him up, you're saying set him up in a way to embarrass Elon. I do. I really do. I disagree. I think it's both. Yeah. Not both where... Like, I don't think that it's an he didn't perspective, know. Though. I really don't think he was like, I'm going to bring my friend out on stage, you know, because, you know, he's got roots here in Northern California. I don't think that's what he was thinking. I just don't think it was that simple as, I'm just going to bring Elon Musk out. He's backstage. He wants to come out. You know how many people probably go to back, his friends come to shows and they don't come out on stage? Like, Elon had, Musk had a mic. I really think he thought he was going to come out there and do something taste like well, Elon his Musk, presence alone uh, is going to fuck with y'all. I think he wanted to fuck with people. I, I think that Elon Musk is not even Elon Musk doesn't have a scintilla <laughs> of the self-awareness <laughs> that it would take to understand just what the reaction to that crowd is going to mm-hmm, be. Mm-hmm. And one reason because uh, one reason because of that, one reason that's true is because Elon Musk as this Bond villain-esque sort of uh hyper rich rabble rouser um is a relatively uh 
recent development. Like Elon Musk was pretty popular up until around 2018, 2019, when it started to get a little weird. And as his personal politics have sort of kind of taken over a little bit and he's turned Twitter into his own sort of regurgitation tank, I think people have started to kind of see that a little bit more. But I don't think that Elon Musk realizes right now how much people fucking... Oh, I agree. Can't stand him. I agree. And I also don't think that Dave Chappelle realizes how much people can't stand Elon Musk. Agree to disagree. I do. Okay. So this comes on the heels of Elon Musk uh, (laughs) tweeting out that his pronouns are prosecute slash Fauci, which a lot of people took umbrage with. Number one, because it uh, a lot of people love um, Dr. Fauci, number one. And then n- number two is that it makes fun of and sort of lampoons, if you will, the use of pronouns, which mm-hmm. people take as being transphobic. Mm-hmm. Um, people also connect the fact that he would do something transphobic to the fact that Dave Chappelle would bring him out on the stage, but you don't. Well, when was the time? He tweeted that and then came out on stage? He tweeted that, I, I didn't know this Friday or Saturday. Maybe like Friday or Saturday. Um, and I think this was Sunday that he was on stage. Oh, I mean, I think it was earlier he, the same day. It was earlier the same Sunday. day, should I say? I, I think that Elon was always going to come to the show. And I think Dave was always going to, once Dave knew he was coming to the show, he was going to. I understand the correlate, like the two. It makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. And he, again, could have brought him out to antagonize the crowd, which I do think that, that there was part of that. But. For me, I think this was always going to happen let's, once he knew Elon was coming. Let's talk about a couple of reasons why people might not, might not like Elon Musk. Okay, um, Just so people know, uh, Tesla, Elon Musk's company, was, and maybe still is, a hotbed of L-racism. And I don't mean to say that in a way that in some way sanitizes it. Multiple motherfuckers say that working at Tesla was racist as fuck. Okay? 46 lawsuits. <laughs> Former and current Tesla employees allege that they were targeted and harassed based upon gender and race. This is crazy shit. All right? You have 24 women that have sued Tesla in the past five years alleging that they were sexually harassed, groped, or physically assaulted, and in some case, denied pay, raises, and promotions. So, Anyone who thinks that Elon that some of Elon Musk's uh, uh, worldviews or the shambles that he has turned the Twitter infrastructure into, or him um, kind of being this sort of mascot for far right power, that those things don't have an effect on real people beyond sort of propagating these ideas with a loud, loud mm-hmm. microphone mm-hmm. Um, and loudspeaker that he has. No, there is reason to believe, and there's been money paid, $137 million paid to one particular black man, because people went into bathrooms at Tesla Mm -hmm. and said that they saw swastikas on the, like, in in the bathroom stalls, and that after telling Tesla brass about this, they would get responses like, hey, we want to keep this environment uh, turned up. We want to keep this environment um, for people who have thick skin. And <laughs> while they're telling people that people are routine, routinely using the N-word at Tesla, that they were like 
responded to with people saying, hey, you have to have thick skin to work at Tesla. So some of these worldviews that you might see on Twitter or in an interview, these things are a part of what goes on, apparently, judging by these lawsuits at Elon Musk-led companies, which makes people wonder about apartheid Clyde's Ooh, fitness yeah. to be yeah. <laughs> like we, we is in the culture. That, yo, you, we forgot about the fact. For a second, I forgot. I was like, oh, yeah, shit, you're we right. We forgot about the fact that he was. That <laughs> he grew he, up in apartheid. He grew up in apartheid and sort of uh, emerald mines are what funded this person's life until he came over into to Silicon Valley and started making moves. So, you know, this isn't just. Elon, the, the problems with Elon Musk go a lot Deep. deeper than a couple of problematic tweets. These are real problems that real people, real black people are having. And you're and so when I see Dave Chappelle, somebody who took time away from his show, his show. Five, the last five minutes, his show's over. No, I'm talking about the Chappelle show. Oh. Dave Chappelle left the set of the Chappelle <clears throat> show and ventured out into the world because of what he perceived to be inappropriate laughing, inappropriate yeah. racial dynamics um, in the workplace. But it doesn't seem like he has that much problem with a guy who doesn't give a fuck, not only if people are calling black people niggas in the workplace, mm -hmm. but paying swastikas on, on yeah. bathroom walls. I'm not a Dave Chappelle apologist by any means. I do think that sometimes he's caught up in, oh, y'all came at me for this. And I don't know if I should say it this way. I work with somebody who got into, was on a hot mic, obviously, we know. Billy with Bush. Whole, with the whole situation. And I constantly see him, I don't want to say the word take up, and this isn't a secret, but always understanding when something, when somebody has some type of controversy and feeling the need to speak out. I think that's a little bit of what Dave Chappelle does. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not apologizing. And I think that he likes to antagonize people for the way people came at him. I don't agree with it by any means. That's why I think he one of the reasons he brought um, Elon Musk on stage. And I think that's and I don't think that it's going to stop there. I think we're going to continue to see him bring controversial people out. I mean, this this is he's more Elon Musk is more than controversial, but I think we're going to see him bring people like that, either speak up, bring them on a show, sit next to him at a game, whatever it may be, because he feels like he wants to antagonize the people who came after him. I wouldn't be surprised. And I'm not saying that Billy antagonizes, but I, I constantly see him wanting to speak out because something happened to him. And anytime something happens to somebody else, he's like, but wait a minute. I know what it's like to go through this, this, this and this. Hmm. Uh, just so people know, I understand what you're saying right there. Mm -hmm. it makes a lot of sense. Just so people know, um, Marcus Vaughn is the former employee. Uh, Musk, Elon Musk addressed Marcus Vaughn's concerns in an email. This is what the email said. Part of not being a huge jerk is considering how someone might feel who is part of a historically less represented group. Musk wrote in the email. Sometimes these things happen unintentionally. In which case, you should apologize. In fairness, if someone is a jerk to you, but sincerely apologizes, it is important to be thick-skinned and accept that apology. Get over it. Okay. Problematic for many reasons, right? <laughs> yeah. But one reason is because it fails to address 
the larger issue of whether or not Tesla is committed mm-hmm. to creating a safe workplace. Mm-hmm. It fails to just saying, hey, be nice, but apologize when it's not the question. The question is, is Tesla or any of your other companies, right. including now with Twitter, are they dedicated to creating safe workplaces for black people, Mm -hmm. for women, for gay people. Are you dedicated to that? Because saying people fuck up, apologize, and you should accept their apology is not saying, hey, we're going to make sure that people know that it is not okay at Tesla to espouse racist, anti-Semitic, transphobic, or gay rhetoric. Yeah, no, he doesn't care. Don't think he's... Rachel, I'm going to be honest with you. I think you gave Dave Chappelle a lot of credit in this. Maybe I did. And I'm sure they'll come <laughs> after me. I'm sure they did. But, uh, but, but I really... But to, but to be, really to be honest with you, it. I looked at I hadn't it both considered ways. It. I, hadn't, I, hadn't, I hadn't considered it. I, I think... I, I hadn't considered that maybe Dave was trying to play Elon. That's interesting. Well, the only reason I say that is because a lot of times... When you when he when Dave Chappelle's doing his his comedy specials or whatever his monologues, it's never exactly as it seems. Mm-hmm. And so when I first saw it, I was like, okay, let me not look at it for what it is. Let me think maybe it's something else. That's why. But I'm sure y'all come at me anyway. Whatever. I see it both. Whatever, I, see it. Whatever, I see it. I see it. I see it. It's rage time. All right, Kanye West. Uh, Kanye West was on Clubhouse. And I don't, I don't want to go through the whole thing because this has nothing to do with Kanye West. I want to actually talk to my people a little, little bit. Here. Yeah, talk talk to your people. Um, Kanye West was on Clubhouse. He said this about Rosa Parks. <laughs> it just looks to me. It, I, I just put that as a proposal. Everybody know Obama not from Chicago. He really he's only in the Senate like a half a term. They know they plan that all the way. You know what I'm saying? Since since 1948, all of these movements. I know woke finna be mad at me, but all of these heroes, man. Is only one. That's Jesus Christ. You're going to find out something about MLK, something about JFK, something about Malcolm, something about Rosa Parks. We know Rosa Parks is a plant. We know all of these things, right? And they use these media outlets to outrage. Outrage is an economy, the trauma economy. The trauma economy. Oh, you can cut them off. Okay, so I don't want to talk about... any of what happened on Clubhouse or why Ye, uh, Ye was on Clubhouse or any stuff like that. I just want to make sure that people understand uh, the bullshit that was just that was just spewed out. Okay, so Rosa Parks was not a plant. Um, I'll tell you the difference between, I guess, Rosa Parks and some other people. Uh, Rosa Parks had been working for the NAACP uh, prior to what happened um, in Montgomery. Uh, the bus driver of Rosa Parks bus. This man, I think his name was James Blake, had had a history of being particularly uh, aggressive with black people. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened on the bus was intentional. Mm-hmm. But that's because Rosa Parks in her life moved with intention. Mm-hmm. Rosa Parks and the, the people who wanted to uh, shake up the system uh, there in Montgomery they had a purpose. And so everything that they did was with a purpose. And their purpose was to make that community better for black people. So they moved with that purpose. Mm-hmm. They had tried to stage other boycotts or have other incidents that would bring people's eyes to what was going on down there. 
um, and it was purposeful. But because it was intentional doesn't mean that it wasn't powerful. Intention is power. Mm-hmm. Inten- the power is in the intention. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Okay? So there's a difference between someone who runs around wherever he can be hurt and says a bunch of outlandish, outrageous, sometimes contradictory things, Mm -hmm. Um, and a woman who dedicated her life to the betterment of her people, sacrificed, uh, because the entire time the the Montgomery bus boycott was going on, Rosa Parks was jobless. Rosa Parks' husband had to leave his job. Okay, she sacrificed. Mm-hmm. She she took less than, not just her, but the black people in Montgomery, Alabama, got together intentionally, not for anyone to look at them, but to make a better society. Yeah. So anyone who's out there who's going to go read now that what happened on the bus that day was part of an intention uh, by either Rosa Parks, the NAACP, whomever down there, to call attention to the segregation um, of the buses in Montgomery. I don't want you to be fooled by what is starting to become the tactics and the wisdom of white supremacy that just spew out of, of out of Ye's mouth. Mm-hmm. What was happening down there was very purposeful, but it wasn't purposeful for any trauma economy. It wasn't purposeful. Um, so that people would have any sympathy for black people. It was purposeful so that black people did not have to be second-class citizens on the buses of <laughs> Montgomery, Alabama. Yep. And black people did that for themselves. After she refused to give up her seat for a white man, black people came together and said, we will not ride the bus. In that bus boycott, they said that it would be successful if 60% of black people didn't ride the bus, that they could bring the infrastructure down there to its knees. That's not what happened. They got damn near 100%. They got 100% of black people to stop riding the buses in Montgomery for over a year, crippled them economically. And after that, you saw change. Mm Mm-hmm. And that was done by some of the most brilliant, some of the most brave, some of the most enterprising people, Americans in history, black, white, red, or green. So when you go read something and you read about the fact that the Montgomery bus boycott and what Rosa Parks did was on purpose and it wasn't an accident that she didn't give up her seat, I want you to be more proud and more indebted and more excited about what people were willing to do for you. Mm-hmm. And I just want to make sure it's nothing to do. I'm not going to go wax poetic about this guy. I'm this just going to tell you that it, it, it's in, it's important that we understand the sacrifices that were made and the people who are just talking. That's great. Um, did you hear the new R. Kelly? <laughs> Come on, fam. I, can, no. I, can, we, can I be honest with you? I, I, I you, were ask you, you were curious. You were curious. I didn't. Okay. I didn't. I, I didn't listen to one note. What are you gonna ask me? You read the lyrics. <laughs> I didn't. No, one. I didn't listen to one note. I wasn't curious. Oh, no, excuse me. I didn't listen to one note. I can't say I wasn't curious. Of course you were curious. I was curious too. I can't say, especially I, with the title. I can't say I wasn't curious. What? I. I was. 
I was curious, and I, I, I made it like a whole thing. Van, don't listen to it. Of course, you were curious, you guys. the The name of the album was "I Admit It." Yeah. Talk about a draw. Mm-hmm. I too wanted to listen. Now we can't because it's been pulled. Been pulled now from all streaming platforms, or at least from Spotify and iTunes. Good job, Spotify. For doing the right thing. How tough would it have been for us to do the podcast if Spotify would have left it up? We'd have to call them out. We'd have to call them out. We'd have to call them out. You'd call them out. Call them out. Yo, yo, see, that's the issue. See, that's why we can't be corporate, man. We got to be, you know. (laughs) As we sit in Spotify Spotify studios. (laughs) We can't be corporate. We would have had to call them out. And then they'd have have been like, yo, we listen to what you say. You know what I mean? Because I imagine the Spotify brass being like, White people with cool glasses. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? What they look like? Yeah. <laughs> like white people with cool glasses. You know how that is? Because you can go and... Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> white people with cool glasses. Like they got nice... I know exactly like, what and you're and talking you, about. And you, and they, and they, the clear glasses. The clear glasses. Yes, I'm You know exactly what I mean? They got cool glasses. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and because you, you feel like... They're good at making you feel like they understand what you're saying... But then you leave and that shit, that shit still be up. Well, listen, people pointed out the fact that, I mean, there's there's neo-Nazi music on these platforms. Bands that talk about this, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And put that rhetoric out there. Yeah. And they're not pulled. Well, you feel like the line so, is. I mean. Because people say the same thing about Amazon in the Kyrie documentary. Right. Like, right, what's right. the line between. I don't know. Like, not censoring and like having problematic things out into the ether I mean, and protecting people from things like... This is clearly not... I mean, especially with the title, I admit it. From a like, convicted sex for, trafficker. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, like this is clearly a line that needs to be drawn. Do you draw the line at like crime? Like if you're a convicted rapist or a convicted pedophile, a convicted murderer? Because isn't, mean, there, like, isn't, there, the son of Sam law, isn't there the son of Sam law that says that you know. can't even like make money off of your crimes? If you are in jail, isn't that the son of Sam law? Son of Sam, like if you're guilty. If you if you been found well, I mean, guilty, if you're in jail, yeah. If you've been found guilty it. of a crime, you're in jail. You can't make money off of that by writing a book or making a movie. But don't about people yourself. do that in I, prison? I don't think I don't know if that's just a state. They're not making the money. Well, people, yeah. I mean, you can't write your own book, and I, like, I don't know. Doesn't didn't Dahmer get stuff written and made about him while he? He got stuff written and made about him. But, I mean, his father wrote a book, and the book kind of flopped. But, I mean, you know, Charles Manson wrote a book, Helter Skelter. I'm not sure. That might just be in New York. We'll look into that for the next podcast. I'm not that's, sure. That's but... interesting. But how did how did R. Kelly get this far? That was my question. Recorded it from prison. How? A cell phone. How? Can't don't, how? We, we can't be acting like you just got cell. So he was just sitting in there singing in his cell on his cell phone, and nobody noticed? Nah, they was down with that shit. What you mean? Who was down? I mean, people clearly he down. had help, but I'm just saying. Do you know what the people in prison do? Yes, Making a record is by far is the least of things you can get away with in jail. I'm just saying that's a very out loud thing. Yeah, they they made whole fucking like, rap album. videos in there, in jail. They got all that's... kinds of stuff. They got a whole economy in there. How many people? How many of your people locked down right now? My people. Yeah, how many of your people locked down? I don't think anybody's locked down right now. How many? How many? Maybe in and out. <laughs> uh, have you been to a lot of prisons to visit people inside the prison? No, not for people I know, only for the work I used to do. Mm. So I used to have to go when my civil cases would cross over. Actually, what am I saying? When I was 
uh, in Milwaukee, my third year, I worked as a public defender. So I would do, um, I would go to jail, like the county jail, mm-hmm. to do stuff. So I visited a lot of jails. That's why mm-hmm. I know that people can do a lot of stuff there in the jails. Oh, I had one friend who did a lot. I, I visit <laughs> a lot of prisons, visit Angola, visit Hunts, I visit Cochrane. I visit all of these different uh, prisons where my uncles have been locked up. Shout out to all my uncles. Rest in peace, my Uncle Mark. Um, and the wackest thing about going to visit a prison was that you get maybe like, <clears throat> and it was different. Like some places you would go and you'd be able to sit at a table because I could go like give my Uncle Mark a hug when he was locked up. I could mm-hmm. go like sit at a table with him. And then some places you would go and they would be behind a glass. Yeah. Um. So it just depends, right? But like, it took all day. Mm-hmm. Like you would get there at a certain time. There would be you. You get there and you you drive up. You would park, and then you would park and you'd wait on this little shuttle. You wait on this little shuttle. The little shuttle will take you to a little building. You fill out more paperwork in the little building, right? You filling out paperwork. You, you're doing that. You waiting in the little building. You waiting in the little building. You waiting in the little building. You get in that little building. And then they shut then then they take you to another place. And when they take you to that place, now you're waiting to actually see your loved one. That might take 45 minutes to an hour. So you didn't got up, you didn't drove out there. Prisons don't be like around the corner. No, they no, be in some no. place. So you didn't drove county. Yeah, you didn't drove out there, right? Then after you didn't drove out there, you didn't you didn't got into the little thing. Right, you didn't go to the other place. They didn't put you through all of this stuff. Looked at all of your shit. Then you go to the other place. Now you wait for him. By the time you get to see your uncle, you really four or five hours deep into whatever journey this is to be able to say what's up. Right. The only thing that keeps you from acting a fool is your grandmother, because like whenever you go to do these visits, it's always like my grandma looking at one of her sons mm-hmm. or. Either either my maternal grandma, both of my maternal grandmothers, but either on my mama's side or, oh, excuse me, both, no, I said it right. Either my maternal grandmother or my paternal grandmother, they're waiting to see one of their sons. And they, they don't give a fuck. They will cross the hot desert and the sea to be able to see him. Sure. But me, especially early on, it was cartoons on. And I'm like, yo, man, how long, how long this shit gonna take? You know, and then you get there, you get a cool hour, it's over. You get out, and but they they tell you about all kinds of stuff that they're doing. My my uncle Mark told me about this special dessert that he could make in prison. He would take like a uh because I would go to the vending machine and I would be able to get some cookies, but mm-hmm. I could also get him some cookies as well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And he would say that he would take the cookies. And like, like smash the cookies up and submerge them in water and take the cookies and mix other things with them. Like they had like a special dessert that they could make in prison. And it was like, you laughing. I'm not laughing. But, but, I'm but, like. But like they, I'm telling, somebody tell me about this. Look, somebody tell me about this prison dessert that they have. It's like a little, they make a little cookie. Like a little cake. Like a little cookie mold cake and they put different stuff in it or something. But he was telling me, so, you know, they can do stuff in prison. I know, my, I got people right now that's locked down that they call me on their cell phones. Now that I used to have with friends. Yeah, they call me on their cell phones. They but got still, cell phones. this shouldn't have happened. Glad glad they, they took it down. Now, it should be known, 
that he wasn't admitting that he did anything mm-hmm. in regards to what he's been found, what he's been convicted for. Mm-hmm. It was that he admitted that he dropped out of school. He admitted that he didn't go to church. Yeah. Yeah. He maintains uh, his innocence. He had a couple of uh, tracks on there called Freaky Sensation. Like, we don't, we don't want it. Talk about not being self We Kelly we don't chill, want it. Man. <laughs> we don't Kelly want it. Chill, man. Kelly got to chill. All right. The album was an unofficial release, they say, uh, but it's been pulled down from everything right now. Um, all right. Uh, we are going to take a break, but on the other side of this break, we're going to talk to Kelvin Davis, plus size model. Plus size male model. Yeah. I need fashion tips. And Kelvin's coming through with the tips. We're going to talk about <laughs> what it means to be plus size. What it means to be body positive and body healthy. Mm-hmm. Those two things coincide. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what people say sometimes. People, well, you can't be both. Well, we'll see. Kevin, don't tell us. Uh, that's on the other side of this break on higher learning. All right, you guys, it's winner. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. You could be doing anything this week, right? You've got work, errands, friends, and a whole lot of fun in between. And that's why the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV that's built for your life. With premium interiors, available wireless charging, and room for your whole cargo and crew. Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the all-new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. And because it's winter, that means one thing. You got to go get you a big nigga. (laughs) (laughs) You got to do. Like, we're cozy. We warm up the bed. You know what I mean? Like, we can support things. You can hang ornaments from us. Um, like, you know what I mean? Like, we're big guys. We're, it, it's really, we talk about it's cuffing season. What it really is, is cuddling season. It is. And right now, the big guys, we're in style. We have <laughs> one of the first big and tall style influencers and the first black big and tall model for Gap and Target, Kelvin Davis. Yes. Thank you for having me. No problem. Kelvin, um, you're the creator and founder of Notoriously Dapper, body positive yep. style fashion blog and style guide. Uh, you were nominated for an Image Award for this. Yes, I was. Yes, sir. I'm going to ask you a question, Kelvin. Yeah, what's up? I don't want to start the podcast off on a very down note, but I want to ask you something. Over the last yeah. couple of years, since I'd say 2020, <laughs> I've gained 55 pounds. Okay. I've gone from being pretty svelte to shopping at the military supply store. Okay. Okay. Um, If a guy was coming to you, someone who seems to be so body positive, somebody that's still fashionable and stylish, uh, even though you're a bigger guy, and they were struggling with being able to care about their clothes, care about the way that they look because they're not quite happy with their body. What would you say to a person like that? The first thing I would say to them is to try to find confidence in something other than just what their body looks like. I try to tell people that if you can find confidence in your ability to, let's say, like do something like, let's say you're really good at art or you're really good at braiding hair or you're really good at, you know, uh, architecture, like anything, right? So it's about finding confidence inside of what you can do and the understanding that that would not be possible if it wasn't for your body. 
right? Mm -hmm. So then the second layer is to understand that this is the body that I am in. This is my vessel. This is what gets me going every day. This is what helps me create the things that I do. This is what helps me live, take care of my mom, whatever. You know what I mean? So people have to understand that your body is more than what it just looks like. It's about the things that your body can do for you. Mm. Like that. Kelvin, Powerful. Yeah. for those who are listening who may asp aspire to be model, big and tall model, I'm curious as to how you got into this industry and maybe what advice would you have for someone who's, who's looking to break down those doors and get in as well? Yeah, of course. So I, I started in a much more untraditional way because, you know, you hear about all these stories about models getting scouted on like trains and I don't know, like fucking like walking down the street. Wait, am, am I allowed, allowed to curse in the podcast? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, go, God go, 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 damn go. it, let's go. <laughs> uh, all right, fuck. Get that fucking so filth like, out, like, of your, out of your soul, Kelvin. Let's do it. <laughs> they're like, you know, like fucking like walking down the street. They're like, you're so beautiful. Like, have you ever thought about being a model? You know, it wasn't that kind of like fairy tale thing that most people that I've modeled with have encountered. Mm -hmm. Mine was very untraditional. You know, I started this blog. I started it when I was a middle school art teacher as well. Mm -hmm. So the blog was kind of a liaison from what I was doing in the classroom and what I was doing in real life, which was teaching these young black boys how to be gentlemen, how, how to have manners, how to have style and how to be confident. Right. So that led to, you know, people just being, you know, curious if body positivity existed for men and you know seo was my best friend at this time because whenever people would type in male body positivity the first hit that would come up was my blog because i was the only mm. male body positivity blog so just based off of like public curiosity i became like this you know superman of like body positivity for men Hmm. And that's what led me into being all the modeling and influencing and, you know, authoring and all those kind of things. <laughs> let's let's have a conversation here. Let's talk about the intersection of body positivity and health. Oh, yes. Let's talk about it, please. Let's Lord. do yeah. this. OK, let's because, do it. because I work out every single day. Mm -hmm. I'm getting very I'm, I've been hitting the weights hard. I'm getting strong. I've been doing squats. All different types of squats. Great. I'm doing my thing, right? Yeah. And I'm I'm finding that getting a little older, I need to strengthen different parts of my body. I was a huge basketball player, boxer, all of those things. So I'm trying to make sure my body stays strong. And at the same time, obviously, I want to lose some weight. But there's sure. a conversation about whether or not you can be healthy at a bigger size. So there are people that believe that body positivity cuts against health and longevity and particularly in the black community there's yeah. a conversation around whether or not people like lizzo like yeah. yourself are promoting what some people would say are unhealthy lifestyles and unhealthy body sizes i'm sure you yeah, must hear sure. that <clears throat> yes what lot. is your response to that my response to that is especially with the lizzo comment because i know a lot of people that are nowhere near the size of Lizzo and they can do half the things that Lizzo do. Mm. Like this girl can dance, play the flute and all these things on stage and without getting winded. I know girls that are half her size or men that are even half her size that can't even walk up a hill <laughs> without getting winded, right? So I think there is this like gray area between body positivity and 
obesity that people seem to intersect. I feel like a lot of people think that body positivity is a bunch of like fat and obese people basically saying, I could be fat and still be happy. Yes, that's what they're saying. But at the same time, body positivity is for everybody, every size, every race, every gender, every sex, right? So I tell everybody, it doesn't matter if you're skinny, if you're big, you can be body positive. Because the simple fact is that body positivity is just the fact that you love your body as it is. And you're not feeding into what the societal standards of beauty is to try to fit some something, right? I read this article the other day on uh, GQ that men are like getting their fucking legs broken to be three to six inches taller. Yeah. Have you ever heard about this? I have. Sadly, yes. It's, it's crazy. Like, so for me, it's like, for even for that, it's like, dude, you don't need to get your legs broken I mean, to be like three to five inches taller to feel good about it, about yourself, right? It's about like, you know, you can be happy with the way that you are without going to the extreme of getting like BBLs, lipo, or all these other things, right? Like if you are unhappy with your body, that's one thing for you to make a change. If you're unhealthy, your doctor tells you you need to make a change. Like for me, last year, I got diagnosed with type two diabetes, right? So I had to make a choice. I have two kids I have to live for, right? So I'm like, I have to make a choice in order to lose weight and eat better in order for me to live a healthier life. That, but that doesn't mean I'm not, I'm no longer body positive because how, because how, how can I be body positive from the grave, right? If I just die from not taking care of myself from having type two diabetes. Mm. Yeah. Um, you continue to break modeling standards and you push the fashion industry to be more inclusive. How far do we still have to go? Like, what would you like to see changed yeah. when it comes to body positivity or inclusivity in the fashion industry? I mean, I know we're seeing we're seeing yeah. more plus size models on the runway. Um, yeah. uh, Fenty has now has the, the plus size. Past Fenty Mel, Fenty Mel yeah. big plus, plus size. size. We're seeing yeah. it, but I feel like it's slow. So, what would you yes. like to see to push the fashion industry to do more? I would like to see more people of color across the board. Period. I feel like Fenty and Rihanna are like the only is like the only brand that really, really like en encompasses people of color. And I feel like other brands they do body positivity, but they do it, and we all know it's true. So whoever listening, they know it's not true. You know it's fucking true. They always do the curvy white chick and they're like, oh, body positivity. Like, I hate the fact that like that's become the face of body positivity, especially on Instagram. People that yeah. have like this hourglass shape with like a fat ass and da da da. And it's like, that's the face of like body positivity. And it's like, that's, that's okay. That's cool and everything. But it's, at, at the same time, I would love to see more men and women of color across the board when it comes to body positivity. Because the first thing that I think of when it comes to body positivity is race, right? Like the biggest thing about my body is my skin color. Mm. The first thing mm. people notice is that I'm black and then they notice that I'm big, right? Yeah. So it's like being body positive, like for me, you can't be racist and be body positive. Mm. Those, like those shits can't go hand in hand. Like how can you be positive about your body and you know spread body positive positivity but then be like you know say some racist like fuck shit mm. what um last question for me like what should i wear man 
I mean, just mm-hmm. tell me, you know, like, you, like, what do I need to wear? You, Cause I, you know, I get, I, yeah, I'm getting into my, give me some, like, give me some, you know, woo. Yeah. G- give me a little, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Give, give me a little, you know, drop it a yeah. little bit. I want to be able to come in this bitch. What the fuck? Give me some of that Winston Duke shit. You know oh, what I'm saying? Okay. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, yeah. tell me, tell me what to, cause I shopped a specific way before, but tell me what to wear now, cause I'm gonna be, okay, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna have to be body body positive for probably at least at least four or five more months. So, so you should, so, you should so, always be. So, 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 tell me, what do I need to wear? Mm-hmm. Do you like color? Not really. <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, you like nah, nah. Well, yeah. do you like to dress like kind of like casual? Like, do you just like, I like to you dress, know, like grays and blacks? I like to dress. Um, I like to dress very utilitarian, simple oh, but okay. smooth. You know, I like to project. Okay, I like when I when you see me, I like to project power in what I'm wearing. You know what yeah. I mean? I like, yeah. I like colors that make me look like I'm the man. You know, it's like, yeah. hey, it's me. That way, I can throw you off and disarm you with how jolly I am. Bet, yeah. I would get five t-shirts from Lululemon. They're called like the fundamental t-shirt and you can work out in them and wear them out and about, right? right? I have three gray ones and two black ones and one white one that I wear all of the all of the time. Right. I usually wear like a shirt over it, mm-hmm. like a like like a colored shirt or like a shacket is what they call them. Oh, I love a shacket. And then yeah, right? Because it's like so versatile, right? Yeah. And then I would usually get um, some kind of jeans. So I I, I personally have found that Madewell has really good jeans, especially for men, okay. because they have the size, like the, the sizing is like incredible there. Like right. they have athletic taper. They have this taper. So if you're like a bigger guy that's meteor in the thighs, you can find stuff that fits, fits in the thighs, meteor but still gives thighs. you that tapered look at the bottom, right? Yeah, yeah. So... I would suggest all guys go to Made Madewell to get jeans, and this ain't no plug because I buy my jeans from Madewell. They don't give me shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Calvin, let everybody know what you're doing next, where they can find you, follow you, and I need to know where you got that hat from. Did you get that specially oh, made? I did. You uh. know, so if you look at it, you can see that uh, it has my birthday here. It says nine ten eighty seven. So it has the cards here yeah. and then has like a little Virgo pen. And then I'm really into dinosaurs, has butterflies on it. I love yeah. it. Thank you. Thank you. I got it from a guy in Nashville called Travis Austin and he makes custom hats. Mm. He basically would like design it with you and all that stuff. And, you know, and yeah, and he could, he could do any color. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where can everybody find you? They can find me on Instagram at Kelvin Davis, um, on Facebook at Notoriously Dapper, um, Twitter at Notoriously Dapper as well. And my blog is NotoriouslyDapper.com. And can't forget about my book, Notoriously Dapper, How to Be a Modern Day Gentleman with Manor Style and Body Confidence. You know, it's a really good book, especially for young black men. You need to read it and understand how to be who you are in this world. So nobody else can take advantage of your own masculinity. Yeah, absolutely, my man. Yeah, Kelvin Davis. We look forward to having you back, brother. We're gonna do a uh, a style check in because I'm gonna right, wear man. some outfits and then I'm gonna see what you think about them. 
We're going to push you outside of your comfort zone. Add a little color. <laughs> add a shacket here. Maybe get you one of these yeah. hats. You look at a hat. You I should do it. I got a peacock. You know, baby, baby steps. Yeah, I yeah. think I think you would look really good in purple, man. Bet. Purple? Like purple. A royalty yeah. color. Yeah, like royal. yeah. The color of royal. Royalty. Yeah. <laughs> I can see you in like a in like a purple psycho bunny polo. Okay. I'm with okay. that. Yeah. Purple. Yeah, I, yeah. I'll, I'll try some. I'll try some purple. I'll try some purple. Yeah. Kelvin. We're gonna. <laughs> the, the, 2023 is the year of me blossoming into a, a fashionista. Kelvin's gonna help me. <laughs> thank you so much for yes. joining us on Higher Learning, my friend. Thank you, Kelvin. Thank, thank you, brother. Right. What you think of Kelvin? I thought he was great. I love that you asked him for some fashion tips, and I hope that he put that. I hope that y'all connect and he pushes you out of your comfort zone. What it was the, great. I hope he hell? keeps pushing. What? Hope he keeps what? pushing the fashion industry. Um, to be more inclusive. Tory Lanes, the trial has begun. The trial has begun. Okay. I didn't even realize the trial was happening though. I, I, I. It like came. It kept getting postponed, postponed. And then now, bam, we're here. I'm super excited about the trial. I'm actually shocked we didn't cover this. We didn't go down and cover this. I mean, go down and cover it. You, extra you know? goes. I was in the courtroom. With, oh. I was in the courtroom with ASAP Rocky. Extra. Oh, I'm not. Uh, I thought you meant me go down and <laughs> cover this for higher. No, I, I was in right in the courtroom like, a, like this. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> do you know what's crazy about this trial? What? So we're gonna cover the trial, and by the time we get back on Friday, there'll be more stuff that'll be coming out. Mm-hmm. Okay, the opening statements. Um. Are, are are happening Monday. Uh, Tory Lanez faces more than 22 years in prison if he's convicted on all felony, all three felony counts he is charged with. He is he recently uh, waived his white right to a jury trial on a newly added felony of discharge of a firearm within with gross negligence. He waived um, his right to a jury trial. That means Judge David Hereford will decide that case alone. Tell people what that means. Well, I mean, it just means that you know. 12 jurors won't be deciding the case. It's just, it's all up on the judge. The, jo- the judge has the sole power, the decision-making in this case. It's rare that you see that. Why would one do that? I mean, he probably doesn't think he can get a fair trial of his jurors. I mean, this case is a very popular case. Megan the Stallion is loved. And as so many people know so much about this, it's, you know, the court of public opinion has been on it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that his attorneys are probably like, listen, you need someone who has sworn, you know, to the court, to their office, that they're going to be fair and just and not biased in any way. So I think this team was like, listen, let's take our chances with the judge. Interesting. Rather than like juries are tough. Interesting. Um, So according to different and various outlets, both Tory Lanez and Kelsey Nicole are confirmed to have tested positive for gunshot residue. Um, so there's some talk about being able to verify that, but according to reports, they've both tested positive for gunshot residue. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kelsey Harris, um, who is Megan's friend, Kelsey Harris, Kelsey, Kelsey Nicole, uh, she plans to testify according to prosecutors that she saw Tory Lanez shoot Megan the Stallion. She's got to. Megan the Stallion, from what I understand, also plans to testify that she saw Tory Lanez shoot her. Yeah. Now, with both of them having gunshot residue on them, in this case, 
it seems as if there's an either or there because from what I understand, Tory Lanez's people are going to say are going to say that Kelsey was the shooter. Yeah, Kelsey is Kelsey is going to say that Tory Lanez was the shooter. Yeah, I want you to tell us from your legal eagle, Donnie. I want you to tell us with everything that we know now, and there's going to be so many facts coming out about this. How does this look for Megan v. Tory Lanez? Well, here's going to be the hard part. Reasonable doubt, right? That's the standard here. All the defense has to do is create some type of doubt. And with there being gun residue also on Kelsey Harris's hand, it leaves the door open to say maybe she did the shooting. Like they're going. I don't. I don't know the science behind a, gun if, residue. If I had a. If I had a. If I had my. If I had a gun right now and I shot, would I be close enough to you for it to be, be on GSR my hand? On you right now. Okay. So that if that being explained to, well, I was going to say a jury, especially to the if judge, we're in a car, maybe yeah. in this room, but if we're in, yeah, a but car fact, enclosed and I'm shooting, you'd have gunshot residue. And it's on not you. on Megan. No, Megan was outside of the car. Oh, she's outside of the car. What happened? So because okay. Megan's okay. outside of the car, there's not going to be any gunshot, gunshot residue on her. Um, no. So I think once that's explained, then that then that can lead to the fact that he's two people testifying. It's just going to come down to their word. Two people testifying. How believable are they? It's with the judge, not the jury. So I, but it it can create doubt. Well, actually, I'm sure there'd be. I mean, Megan was shot, so she didn't need any gunshot. But on her, I'm assuming it's on their hand. Or, I mean, it doesn't uh, matter. I'm, in terms of, I mean, on being it being on your hand is like where it is. I'm sure will be important. Yeah. But if that's the case, then you really could never prove a shooter that's standing in the vicinity of right. another shooter. You know what I mean? So it's got to be where the gun residue. Well, what I'm saying in this case is, if you have an eyewitness, they either have to prove that Kelsey is believable. That's that's what I'm saying. Or they have to prove in some way. Here's the thing. But if they can create enough doubt, because they're going to testify that she was the shooter. And I don't know what else is going to come with that. They can't just... I'm sure that defense team is not going to stay in court and say, Tory Lane's going to take the stand and say, well, actually, she was the shooter. There's, They're going to offer more to that, whether it's circumstantial or not. So it'll be up to the judge to decide who is more believable. But they're good. But this, the residue does create some reasonable doubt, which is all they need. You know what the most interesting thing about this to me is? What? Uh, right now, this looks bad for Tory Lanez. You mm-hmm. know, I'm not a legal eagle as you are, and I'm not sure what's going to happen and how this all is going to shake out. But I've been talking to people um, about this. This, the outcome of the case, I thought would be incredibly consequential in terms of the way people view this entire saga, this opera, and what it's been. But I don't think that it will be now. I don't think that the decision in this matters. To the public. To parts of the public. Mm. Um, If it turns out that Tory Lanez uh, doesn't get convicted for shooting Meg the Stallion, the people who uh, believe Meg won't stop believing. Right, I'm one of them. Right, won't stop believing it, right? If it turns out that Tory Lanez is convicted for shooting Meg Meg the Stallion, the guys who, particularly men, who support Tory Lanez won't change that. Mm -hmm. 
was having a conversation with a friend of mine. It's like, I don't understand with all this evidence because if you read the the transcripts and uh, all the discovery, all of this stuff that's going to come out in the trial was was in there. Mm-hmm. And it looked bad for him if you look at all of this, mm-hmm. right? Um, but like, why was he so demonstrative about his innocence? And why was he so, uh, why did he sort of create and weave this sort of public narrative mm-hmm. the last couple of years? I think it was to grab a portion of people with whatever his story was and draw them to his side no matter what happened. I agree. Was, was to say, hey, this is a black man versus black woman issue to sort of engender this dissension between black women and black men and to do this all to sort <clears throat> of um, create a vacuum where it doesn't really matter like what's going on with sure. to carve out this sort of space to where there's really nothing you can say. And I think to a large degree, Tory Lanez has been successful in drawing so many people to believe that he in some way is being treated unfairly or that she in some way represents the black woman that is always trying to overshadow depower and emasculate the black man that it doesn't really matter what happens that a lot of people's minds like won't be changed. I agree. I think that, I mean, if you've been defending Tory this long, you're going to stand beside him no matter what happens. You're just going to choose to not agree with or, or agree with whatever the court decides. Just like I said, he can be found not guilty. I'm Mm -hmm. still going to believe he shot her. I I mean, I'm one of, is that, is, is that problematic? Is it problematic that, is it problematic that if there's a whole trial and Tory well, Lanez sure. is and Tory Lanez is exonerated, not exonerated, um, because a trial doesn't necessarily exonerate you. Right. He just says, hey, if he's found not guilty right. in a trial, that yeah. you still won't believe it. Is that is that a problem? Of course it's a problem. Because I mean, according to the court, even though we've seen the court be wrong at times, he is found he went through the process, and the process said that he was not guilty. But that doesn't mean that he's innocent. It means that they it. didn't have enough to prove I get it. for him to be guilty. That's how I am looking at it. But you're right. He worked this to his benefit. And there was no, I mean, whether he, you know, only he, the, those people in the car will know the truth. He knew that the, the outcome was always going to be that he was going to go to a trial. He was going to be found guilty. At least he did as much as he could in the last couple of years to try to turn people towards him to to the point where they they won't turn back. I, looking at all the evidence, I think it's pretty clear that Tory Lanez is the shooter here. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to let the trial play out, yeah. in, in my opinion. Are you worried about living in a world where an accusation is a conviction? Because if you say right now that, let me ask you this, more to the point. Why? do you believe no matter what happens in the trial mm-hmm. that Tory shot Meg? What is well, it? Well, because of alone what you just laid out. Okay. Right? I've listened to her talk. It doesn't make sense adding it up. And I'm just looking at the, the pieces of evidence that have come out. Mm-hmm. To me, it is very obvious that he shot her. Mm-hmm. So whether, that, you know, people fumble like drop the ball all the time when it like the prosecution might not put on the best case mm-hmm. and the defense may put on a better case. And let's like say OJ situation. I was just about to say like the OJ trial, 
they've played to the emotions of the jury and the people on it and the court of public opinion more than they tried that case in that courtroom. Mm. And it worked. So it's not always like people can manipulate the system. So for me, based on what I know to this point, it is very obvious that he pulled the trigger. Mm. Do I have to say allegedly? I don't know. For legal, I don't know if I say that. But if we do, allegedly. Um, it's very obvious. But you know, that doesn't, if he's found not guilty, I can't sit here. I can say I have my opinion, but at the end of the day, he was found not guilty. Right. It's the same thing people do to Michael. So, so, so let me ask you this last question here. So it's not just that she said that she was shot. It was that she said that she was shot. And from what you've seen of the case, the facts bear out that they she do. was shot. Okay. I mean, they I agree really with that. Do. Yeah, but yeah. they really do. And I think people who don't want to accept that are just reading headlines, maybe just reading some of the discourse on social media, but they're not paying attention to actually what's coming out. So I would encourage everybody to pay attention to the information that's coming out of this trial. Sounds like there's not a camera in the courtroom because I feel like we would have known that at this point. So, you know, pay attention to the pieces, the reports that are coming out. Um, I work out with Shannon Sharp. Mm hmm. He's. Donnie. Unfathomably strong. Okay. He's like, uh, when I say work out with him, that's a little misleading. I work out in the same gym where he works out. Donnie. And uh, whatever. <laughs> and Miss, I'm on the television show. <laughs> show. My name is Rachel. <laughs> Someone please bring something to my trailer. This is literally it's me, Rachel. <laughs> I demand right now to have a honey baked ham in my trailer. I love pork. Okay. I love a honey baked ham. I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. I could just see you with a fork and a knife and a big hunk of pig. I'm so excited for the holidays. Fucking sugar on it. Who y'all? Hey man, we gotta we gotta stop with this honey baked ham bullshit. Who eats a big a big fuck a, a hunk of pork? Will you act with a like I just take a bite out piece of the whole of sugar? thing? It's just a, a just take a big hunk of pork and dip it in sugar. That's what you do. So a hunk of pork and sugar. That's what you get. I anyway. have slices. You have slices <laughs> with a little with a little pineapple. They put the pineapple. No, we don't do the pineapple. They they, they put. Am I am I bullshitting about that? Some people prepare it that way. We don't. Yeah, yeah prepare it that way. <laughs> no. Oh, we don't prepare. <laughs> we don't our, prepare. We we'll prepare our heaven that way. Um. Okay. So, uh, Shannon Sharp, three time Super Bowl champion, NFL Hall of Famer, has to de- has to defend himself against Skip Bayless. Look, people get mad at Skip about a great many things. This is the most disrespectful thing Skip has ever done on TV. It really was. Play it. Still playing at a high level at 45 when you had to stop at 35. Yeah, that's what you that's do. That's the point. That's what you do. Every time somebody, every time I call something into question, I'm jealous. No. Skip, I did well, what I, I did. I never said you were jealous of Baker Mayfield. Skip, I did what I did. You make it seem like I was a bum. I'm in the effing Hall of Fame. Okay, I so got what? three Super Bowls. So what? So what? He's way better than you were. I'm better way than better. you were. Skip, what? I got to see what you do. You take personal shots. No, when you, for I, don't, I don't take yeah. personal oh, shots. You time started time it. Time out. You would take a personal shot at me. I so didn't take a personal shot at you. Wait a minute. What are you talking about? You would take a personal shot. Put your glasses back on. Can I finish? You're willing to take a personal shot at me. 
to say this man is better than me because I say he's playing bad this year? Well, because you 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 just Go ahead. you disrespect him. It's it's just so. It, so it's, you, it's, just, you know what? It's beneath your you dignity. You disrespect me to no, support him. No, well, I'll, I'll support him over anybody because he's the greatest player who ever have played your it. game, and it's by have far. At it. Have at it. Okay, Take off, I'm going to have at it. Can I say something? Please. I got to be real about this. There's something troubling about Skip Bayless. And let me tell you what it is. Donnie, I want you to find me a piece of video slash audio between Jalen Rose and Skip Bayless from around 2010 or 2011 (laughs) when Jalen Rose and Skip Bayless were on uh, ESPN First Take. And they're on first take, and Skip Bayless comes at Jalen Rose's career, and Jalen Rose responds. I want you to bring that video up, okay? I want you to to, to talk about that. That don't mean you can jack up threes. That's what, what were you, Jalen? What were you? What were you? Did you? What average, were you? Did you average one point four yeah, points yeah, yeah, as a senior yeah. in high school? Yeah. I did. Okay, so yeah. all of that pistol P stuff, water pistol P okay. Jr. Okay, we'll we'll address that later. We're okay. going to anyway. don't ignore that. Did you? He goes on to say, did you play JV as a junior? Yeah. Okay. Um. So what people don't know about that is that that back and forth between Jalen Rose and Skip Bayless, mm-hmm. where Jalen Rose took it upon himself to question Skip Bayless's right athletic pass because he had said that he was like Pistol Pete. He was too Pistol Pete. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why he didn't go on to become this great basketball player. He, he had to learn how to play within the offense, but he was too dope a score for a coach to want him to play, mm-hmm. which of course makes a lot of sense. That one back and forth right there mm-hmm. led to a week-long salvo of every single show that First Take was doing being about the relationship between the commentator and an athlete. They then brought Stephen A. Smith on mm-hmm. to talk about, to, to mediate, <clears throat> if you will, between Jalen Rose and, and Skip Bayless. Mm-hmm. There was then conversations with Marcellus Wiley later on that week, Ryan Clark later on that week, where they continued to talk about what the line is, all because Skip Bayless had his feelings hurt because someone on Twitter actually dug up Skip Bayless's high school stats and showed that Skip Bayless was a scrub Mm -hmm. in high school. Mm -hmm. Big deal, okay? There is a troubling amount of disrespect that Skip Bayless shows black athletes in particular. And it seems to me that there is no station of black athlete that has done enough or achieved enough for Skip Bayless not to debase them, dehumanize them, mm. and treat them like an idiot on TV. I want you to. I want to think about this. Skip Bayless attacks LeBron, LeBron. James Jr. Oh, he t- he attacks Bronny James, mm-hmm. who hasn't even gotten the opportunity to write his <laughs> legacy yet. Yeah, Skip Bayless attacks Hall of Famer Terrell Owens, who has. Whatever you say about T.O. Off the, off the field has nothing to prove 
on the football field. Comes at Jalen Rose, talk, talking to him about his career. Jalen Rose played 16, 17 years in the league, made all kinds of crazy money, was a great player, had years where he averaged 20 points. Nobody can call Jalen Rose sure. a scrub. Skip Bayless comes at Russell Westbrook. Look, I get it. Most of most of these sports have have a uh, majority black players, so there are a lot more black players to be critical of. But it doesn't seem as if there's anything that a black player can do to be outside of the ire of Skip Bayless. Shannon Sharp is a fucking dog. A number one. A number one minted one of the best ever at his position. Shannon Sharp wasn't blowing up teams off the field. Shannon Sharp was a model citizen on and sure. off the field who would catch the ball, who would block, who would find a way to be productive in whatever offense you would put him in, the consummate team player, the consummate hard worker, all of those things. But Skip Bayless is still on TV telling this black man to put his fucking glasses back on. I'm not saying it, but I'm saying this. At some point, Skip Bayless got to get off a nigga dick. Well, I'm just going to be real. I'm, 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 I'm serious. And all of the other stuff, I get it. These guys aren't perfect. Like you, like when I say they're not perfect, their careers aren't perfect. Mm -hmm. But Tom Brady is whack right now. And Shannon Sharp has done more than enough more than enough more than enough to be able to give his opinion on his fucking television show about Tom Brady in the sport he played in uh, uh, the sport that he played in for years without being attacked yeah by fucking Skip Bayless he Skip Bayless owes Shannon Sharp huge an apology huge but like for various reasons because it's one thing if you say, oh, Skip Bayless is this personality and he just likes to say things that get people riled up. So people are talking on social media or other shows. But when there's a, a pattern, you got to let that narrative go and you got to start paying attention to what's actually happening. And that exchange is so disrespectful, one, because it discredits who Shannon Sharp is as a man. It discredits who he is as an athlete. Absolutely. And it discredits who he is as his colleague. You guys share the stage on this show together. It is your show. And because you didn't like what he was saying about one of your favorite players, you start hitting below the belt and using an illogical argument just because Shannon Sharp was saying Tom Brady had a bad performance in this game. Not that he is a bad player, not even that he's particularly having the worst season. He specifically talked about his performance in this game, and you couldn't match that. So instead, you, try, you tried to strip him down with your words and basically try to emasculate him. And it was, and I like, kudos to Shannon Sharp for cuz you could see he was about to lose it and all the the only thing he lost were his glasses in that argument but i don't know how he kept it together and the way this shit that skip Bayless was yelling at him like he was a boy i no. if i'm Shannon sharp i'm taking the rest of the week off i got to talk to the higher ups at so, this point so listen just so people know three time super bowl champ four time first team all pro if you guys don't know what that means that means four times in his career, mm -hmm. Shannon Sharp was the very best tight end in his league. Second, second team All Pro, nineteen ninety five. So the, we're talking about five 
five All-Pro teams, eight Pro Bowls, uh, NFL 1990s All-Decade team, Denver Broncos Ring of Fame, Denver Broncos 50th Anniversary team, NFL record for most receiving yards in a game by a tight end. That's 214 yards. Shannon Sharp, a dog. Mm -hmm. An absolute dog. Mm -hmm. A dog. No other way to put it. Skip Bayless out of his mind. <laughs> Very much so. Skip Bayless, Skip Bayless off that yak. I need off to hear. Off that sauce. I, we, I'm going to be real. Skip Bayless, we need, we need to hear I apologize yeah. to Shannon Sharp come out of Skip Bayless's mouth. So we won't. So then what? Because he's not going to apologize. I'd be shocked if he apologizes. Mm, mm, so now mm. what? Let's see. Well, now we get to get on his ass. Get, get on his motherfucking ass. Let's <laughs> get Bayless. All right. Uh, breaking news. P-22 has been captured safely. How do you feel, Van? I feel great. Good. I'm glad that... I feel that, great, too, for all the other animals out here. Like, I'm, I'm, gra I'm glad that P-22 has been brought in safely. They've been, he's been captured safely. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we get to figure out how we uh, goddamn deal with with P twenty two. Okay, uh, what has to happen with P twenty two? I'm glad. I'm glad that P twenty two is doing okay. Uh, are you happy that P twenty two is? Being... The streets are safe. The streets are safe. You're so. Why are you against animals though? I'm not against animals. I'm like, literally I'm, I'm like, speaking like... on behalf of animals. You know what I'm saying? Like, why are He's you? He's not attacking me. I'm speaking on behalf of animals. So I'm not against animals, Van. I'm speaking on the fallen chihuahuas. No, you're you're here's and who, the thing. God knows who else. Here's the thing about you. You're you support the animals that you can control. That is so not true. That's definitely true. I don't only support I Give me no. another Give me another. You hate birds because they fly. I hate birds. They're evil. I'm convinced, y'all. I'm, they fly, I'm they convinced. fly out of your control. Have you ever looked at bird, a bird in the eye? Huh? Have you ever just looked at a bird? I have. Look at the beady little eyes, the claws. They the claws, so they can, <laughs> so they can. So, give me an example of an animal I've been attacked that. Attacked by that, a bird. Give me an example of an animal that you love that you can't control. Horse. Nigga. They're wild horses. Why in the fuck would you say that you can't control a horse? Wild horses. The entire. <laughs> It's such what? a bad answer. Donnie, jump in. Is that not a terrible answer? It is. That's one of the most controllable animals. Yeah, like it's such a, it's such a I've been it's watching such a lot of Yellowstone, it's such a okay? Terrible answer. They couldn't control the, all those the, horses. The horse is Fine. the... the Let me find another Western one. Western civilization is partly based <laughs> on the ability to control the horse. They're wild horses. They're wild horses until you throw a saddle on their back and ride them motherfuckers until they... they, they okay. Let me think. Think about I mean, an animal that can't be controlled that you like, a wild animal that you like. I'm kind of fond of bears. Okay. Okay, it's very hard to control a bear. I mean, you, when I say, and by the way, everybody's going to be, well, you can train a bear. You don't want to try, yeah. you know? You don't really want to try to. Do elephants count? Elephants count. Elephants count. I mean, who can hate an elephant? Don, you like an elephant? Love elephants. Whoa. Yes, big fan. Jesus Christ. It's smart. Donnie. <laughs> Ooh. 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 What the fuck is going on? <laughs> How many times have you seen Dumbo, nigga? <laughs> like Donnie, Donnie. Honestly, not that many times. Donnie, Dumbo I talked to you about something. Oh, like boy. you having a sports moment, bro. I am. I am. My teams are in it. Michigan, 
waiting for these playoffs to get started. Oh, Michigan. And then the Lions. The Lions. What waiting are they? For six these and playoffs seven? Seven to and get seven? started. Not the Lions. We are in the graphic. The Lions. The Lions playing good, man. But they're like seven and we'll seven, roll. right? They're on a streak. Or six, six and, and seven. seven. Six and no, seven. The Lions yeah. beat the fucking Vikings yesterday. Well, I think the Vikings are were a lot of hype, but I do. But I do. Detroit. Listen, I had I had one of your receivers on my fantasy before I got kicked out. You know what's crazy about the NFL is that LSU just continues to ball. I just I seen so many LSU. Did you just go watch them lose? Like LSU continues to ball. Yo, DJ DJ Chark Jr. LSU. Justin Jefferson LSU. Oh, you mean in the league? Jamar Chase Guys. LSU. Russell Gage LSU. There's so many LSU receivers around the league that a Terrence Marshall. I don't want to talk LSU. about sports right now because of what's happening right now with Texas. What's happening with Texas? Chris Beard just got suspended. Is that the and coach? Rightfully so, because the allegations that of domestic violence and there's a call of, of strangulation. Hold on, this is the coach of Texas. We're number two. And they suspended him. Suspended him. Came out, came out nine one one call. Um, the phone was up. I haven't heard the call, but they immediately went out there. It's uh, accusations of strangulation, and then my cousin just texted me and said he's been suspended, mm. and rightfully so. Like, what the fuck, Chris Beard? But you know, I don't really want to talk about college sports right now. Huh. You ready for Vance? Very serious question of the week. Oh, you got one. Okay, let's go. Mm-hmm. If you could have in the 2024 election. Is this what you were going to ask my mom? No. When my mom was here? Okay. No, that's a different question. It's mm-hmm. down the line. It's probably inappropriate. If you could have <clears throat> a black female president in 2024 or $5 million in your personal account, which one would you choose? $5 million. Just like that. <laughs> and if anybody says anything different... You a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Only way I'm going to say yes to that is if I can confirm that certain things are going to get done for us. To see it happen, sure. Is that worth $5 million in my bank account right now? Not necessarily. I'm sorry. So between $5 million and a black female president, you would choose the $5 million. I might go a little lower. What's the... What's the... <laughs> it's got to be millions. It's got to be millions. Well, okay, so right now... Between, if it was a choice between a black female president and five hundred thousand dollars, would you take it? Tax free. <laughs> <laughs> if it was between a black female president in twenty twenty four and a half a million dollars tax free, would you take it? I'm taking the money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm <laughs> I'm taking the money. <laughs> I love y'all. I love being a black woman. It would be it would be history. It'd be a beautiful thing to see. But I'm gonna take half a million, tax free. Donnie, forget about five. I'm half a million think, dollars. Black female president, twenty twenty four. I'm easily going with the money because <laughs> the you're being broad. We don't know what black woman you're talking about. 
It could be Tamika Hamilton. Okay. Oh, that's a, be, okay. 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 Wait a minute. See, I was even thinking guys, of Stacey but, but, Abrams. Hey, hey, but you know what? That's bullshit, though. <laughs> Just saying. You know, you know what the spirit of the hypo is. <laughs> like you, like you know. See, you you know what I'm talking about. You know what the spirit of saying. the hypo. Oh, by the way, Tamika Hamilton has reached out to me and asked to come on Higher Learning again. Did she? She didn't reach out to me. She didn't reach out to you. Hit me up, Tamika. You want to come on here? You guys want Tamika Hamilton back on but the for podcast? What? Did she, she win? Talk. No, she lost. But she wants to talk more about what's going on She's, with her. She wants to redeem her her last performance. Uh, do we think that we should bring Tamika we're Hamilton redemption. back? Redemption. It's all about redemption. Redemption. Let's we save that question for her. All right, I, will, I definitely will. Ashley. Yes. Five hundred thousand. We we brought the number down now. The new series question: Would you rather have five hundred thousand dollars cash, tax free, or a black female president in twenty twenty four? I would take the money. You niggas ain't shit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I can't confirm. Other than their very being and their presence and it being a historic moment, I can't confirm what you will or won't do in office. You niggas ain't shit, man. If there were a list of things that I could attach to that presidency, sure. (laughs) Sure. So you're taking the president then, I'm assuming, Ben. No. Then don't I, I, try to have some female empowerment moment. He's taking the money. <laughs> Ain't nobody going to judge you. <laughs> All right. Um, take your thing caps off, but do not stop learning. We are the sellout crew here at High Learning. <laughs> um, I am Van Lathan Jr. <laughs> I'm Rachel and Lindsay. Bye, guys.